I'm Nidhi Tiwari. And I'm Billy Samoa. And this is Relearned. Your mindset influences the way that you view the world and perceive it. And a lot of people have one of two different types of mindsets. They either have what's called a growth mindset or they have what's called a fixed mindset. Now, which mindset you choose to engage in, which exercises and skills you employ to move yourself towards growth, that's going to be defining whether you're successful or not in your endeavors. Because a fixed mindset can absolutely hold you back from reaching your highest potential. And which skills you choose to employ are going to determine whether you're successful or not in your endeavors. Because a growth mindset is key to achieving your highest potential. Yes, you absolutely can have different types of mindsets. But what I'll start with is a definition from Google, which simply says mindset is the established set of attitudes held by someone. How does that land with you? When I initially hear that, I think about established set. And that feels to me like a fixed mindset. Because when you have a growth-oriented mindset, you're all about agility, flexibility, malleability, adaptability, right? All of these traits that allow you to shift to what's needed each moment. And so to hear the definition of a growth mindset be about an established set of traits, I don't know, it doesn't land super well with me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, exact same thing. It's like uh, when you are so rigid in your thinking, you kind of limit your thinking. You don't go beyond it. In fact, I have people in my life who they have really, really strong opinions, like insanely strong opinions about different things that like when I hear them talk about these things, it's clear to me that there's no open-mindedness to their belief. They've landed on an opinion and they're unwilling to change their opinion. So I think that if we really want to get to the core of this topic, we have to start where we're starting, which is the difference between fixed and having a growth mindset or an open mindset. In fact, one of the studies that I looked at when preparing for this, it talked about performance. And it said people who actually believe that abilities can be developed through effort outperform those who have a fixed mindset, especially when it comes to achievement and performance. That makes a whole lot of sense to me because people typically think that you are either born with a fixed or a growth mindset. It's not changeable, but it is something that you can work towards and develop. And those abilities if you put in the effort, if you really challenge some of the patterns, the ways that you think, the limitations that you place on yourself, it can help you to outperform anybody else who is just stuck in their ways. What They may not be able to see what's outside of the limiting box that they place themselves in. And part of the reason why people who have a fixed mindset don't achieve at the same level as those who have a growth-oriented mindset, it's because when you have a fixed mindset, you avoid the hard stuff. You avoid things that are going to challenge you. You avoid anything where you have the potential to fail. And that's a way of you protecting your self-image. It's a way of protecting your ego. 
because it's scary and it sucks when you find out that you're not automatically good at something or when you have to take ownership of a mistake that's made. But if you can embrace a growth mindset where you're more willing to take calculated risks, where you can view those disappointments as data for how you can improve, it makes all the difference in your decision making and ultimately the outcomes that you're going to achieve. I think it's all a protection mechanism that we have. To your point, like we're afraid of damaging our ego or of being in an unsafe environment or putting ourselves at risk. Frankly, we're afraid to step out of our comfort zone. That's what this comes down to. And people who have a growth mindset, they're okay with being in a place that might not be comfortable. And there's been studies that show that your mindset is malleable. Even though it may appear that you, by default, you're in a fixed type of mindset. Maybe you were raised that way. Maybe life circumstances have led you to believe that you are a certain way. Actually, the science doesn't back that up. And what I mean by that is if you have targeted interventions or if you put yourself in a position to have a growth mindset, you can develop this regardless of how you may feel and that you don't have the ability to move away from that fixed type of thinking. Well, and we have to look at where this even originated from because so many of us grew up in families that told us all of the things that we weren't capable of doing. Oh, don't try to open up your own business. There's too much risk involved. Stay with the nine to five job that pays you the salary with all the benefits, even though you're miserable, right? Those types of messages that we receive early on in all throughout our lives can influence whether we think that we are able to expand beyond our boundaries, beyond our limitations. And so I think that it's actually a key component of resilience too, because when we think about resilience, it's you know the ability to bounce back, to come back from adversity, from setbacks, from challenges. And a growth mindset looks at the yes and. Like, yes, I failed at this and I learned along the way yes, I feel scared to do this and I am fully capable of achieving this goal. If you can start to expand your mental horizons to think about that duality, that it's not so black and white, there's so much gray area in terms of what we're capable of, that will help you to build your resilience. Because remember, one of the key components of resilience is emotional agility. It's the ability to see things from different perspectives, to challenge what your gut instincts are and what your gut reactions are. So if you did grow up in a family where the messaging was about what you couldn't do, if you can start to shift that into challenging it and reframing it and looking at that gray area, it'll help you so tremendously. And I think this also applies to us as leaders. And having been in many leadership roles, one of the things I always remember is just the fact that because you have a title doesn't make you a leader. That's just false, right? Like your title is frankly meaningless. You're a leader because people want to follow you. And so mindset actually plays a huge and critical role in our ability to be a transformational leader. And so to your point, if we were raised in a certain way and we didn't have the ability to bounce back or to be resilient in the face of adversity, if that muscle wasn't developed, 
or if it was malnourished in some way, we have to work. We have to put in the reps. And so effectiveness as a leader is maximized when we put ourselves in a place to have a growth mindset and we apply that growth mindset. Others see that. Others observe that. And I'm a big believer in modeling the behaviors that we want. When people see that we're modeling a type of growth mindset behavior, it resonates. So if I came in and everything was rigid about my approach, I had been there before, I knew that, I'd done that, and therefore I have my opinion and I'm unwilling to listen, people pick up on that. They see that those social cues, they see that you are unlikely to change your mind. You're unlikely to have a different opinion. And your team sees that and they will then model that same behavior. They'll have strong opinions, rigid opinions, fixed mindset, and therefore they won't be malleable or adaptable or be able to look at things from a open-minded and growth mindset orientation. So the flip side of that is if you're able to rethink, if you're able to change your mind, have a new opinion, use other data points. This is one of the things that impressed me most about Elon. Even though Elon has very strong opinions and beliefs, he's brilliant at asking questions. He asks the right questions and he does that because he's got unlimited thinking, but he's got a growth mindset. So that's just something that I observed that I think is really, really important to embrace is don't just assume because you've experienced something similar that you're automatically by default going to have a a specific thought or opinion on something. The phrase comes to mind, strong opinions loosely held. Like the idea that we can believe things deeply, but we need to hold it loosely enough to where we can be influenced by other people when we learn new information or gain new knowledge. And you know, I see so many leaders who micromanage, who hoard all the power. They don't delegate things out. And those are the leaders that come to mind for me that have a fixed mindset because they're not thinking about the potential of their teams. Like you've hired these incredible people to work alongside you, yet you're monitoring how many hours they're working, what tasks they're accomplishing, how they're doing it. You're not allowing them to shine and you're not trusting them. And I think that when we have leaders who feel that that's the best way to lead, where they think that them being in control, them being at the top of this hierarchy is what motivates other people to reach their fullest potential. It's a failing and it's a mistake. Now, those same leaders could do the work, as you were talking about, where they start to relook and challenge their beliefs and and honestly do an inventory about how this type of leadership style is serving them or not serving them. And if you can learn from those mistakes, If you can take a step back and have some self-awareness about the way that your leadership style or your comfort zone as a leader, how that's affecting the people that you're leading, you can then empower yourself to make changes. You can turn it around at any point in time. It just requires you to let your ego down a little bit and to, to embody the true servant leader mindset, which entails you empowering other people because the best leaders in the world don't just hold a title and hoard power. They democratize power and they create more leaders because they see the potential in others as well. Mm. Yes. I love everything you just said. And I, I think 
often we were so held on to the idea of being right that it confuses our ability to actually do the right thing. Like we want to make sure that we look good, we appear good. And in doing so, we often don't chart the right path to the destination that we're trying to get to. And I think that's really, really challenging, especially from a leadership perspective. I have seen many leaders who held so closely their thoughts and opinions that they were unwilling to navigate in any other way. And it became the Achilles heel that forced them to really fail. And not only did it force them to not reach their goal, but it it put them in position to where they couldn't reverse course. They couldn't overcome the obstacles that they found themselves in because of their ego and their own opinionated way getting in the way. The other thing that I always think about is this quote that I heard, and I, I can't remember if this is from Think and Grow Rich or where this came from, but it's whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's how powerful your mind is. I mean, they even have documented studies. You look at the placebo effect, like health. If you believe that the healthcare you're getting is is high quality, you and I were having a discussion about health before this. It's like, if you believe that the care you're getting, if you trust your doctors, and you trust that the care you're getting is great care, your chances of it being successful are drastically increased. So mindset and health, mindset and pain perception, all of these things go hand in hand. If you have a positive mindset about the care that you're giving and you actually believe that the care you're getting is is helpful and going to do what you have been told it's going to do, it's more likely that it will do that. And on the same side of that fence is mindset could affect how you perceive and how you cope with pain. So individuals that have this growth mindset actually experience less pain intensity than those who don't have that kind of mindset, who might feel more distressed or might have more pain producing elements that take effect because of your mindset. So it's crazy to think about how much you control just because of your own thinking. And it can even elongate your life or shorten your life because some studies have found that if you can maintain a positive age-related belief, so not the belief that, oh, I'm getting old and, oh, I'm not able to do that anymore because of my age or I'll never be able to do this rock climbing journey because I'm 65 years old now, right? The people that have that kind of mindset actually aged faster the people who were able to maintain positive age-related beliefs, beliefs that that reinforce that, no, I'm at the beginning of my life right now. This is still an opportunity for me to do all of the things that I dreamed of. They lived longer and happier lives, and they experienced better cognitive and physical health as they aged. So just underscoring everything that you're saying, it can not only affect your pain perception, your overall health, it can even affect the longevity of your life because you're able to view yourself as capable of achieving all the things you want to. And that motivates you. That somehow gives you more cognitive and physical abilities. It's wild. It's really wild to think about. So 
as we're talking about this, I know that people are wondering like, okay, so we know that the growth mindset is important. Fixed mindset, bad. (laughs) Growth mindset, good. What do we have to start doing to be able to embrace the growth mindset? What does this mean tangibly? Well, one of the first things that we can start doing is just as I was talking about a moment ago, as we get older, we tend to limit ourselves. We tend to view age as a limiting factor to instead look at the not yet approach to embody this because this views the challenges that you're encountering, the speed bumps along the way to achieving your goals as not deal breakers, but as something for you to navigate, something that you can overcome. So you may not have achieved it yet, but you're going to be working towards it and eventually you will get there. So just even that subtle shift in the language that you're using to describe a future goal can be huge in changing the outcomes. Okay, so now we're getting into it. So yeah, we had enough buildup. Like I think we made the case for why we want to have this type of mindset and why mindset's important. Like I think if we really boil it down, mindset might be the single greatest thing to master. Like literally, what could be more important than what controls your actions? What controls what you do? It's insane how important it is. And so I love the not yet approach because yeah, you are conditioning your mind when you say not yet. Okay, so you still might do it. I love that you brought that up. I know that Carol DeWick in her book, Mindset, brings that point up. And it's such a valuable point to remember because our mind, we're constantly feeding our mind prompts. It's like a supercomputer. And when we say not yet, we're giving ourselves permission for it to be later and for it to still happen. Instead of having a closed loop and saying like, no, we're not doing this or we've never done this. The not yet approach gives us permission to do it later. gives us the chance to do it later. And another idea that I think is really important is something called the two-minute rule. I love this because often we procrastinate. We put something off. We don't do it. Here's the rule. It's simply this. If something's going to take less than two minutes, do it immediately. What this allows you to do is build momentum. Helps you take control and you see progress. It's like this, actually, Tim Ferriss has this concept where it's like, Something's going to take as long as you allow it to take. And so he says, like, something that's going to take an hour, see, what can you do to have it be done in 10 minutes? Your mind can completely change the way you perceive how long something should take. So to Tim's point in, like, doing something, like, super quickly, if we say something's going to take an hour, we almost figure out a way for it to take an hour. But if we say, let's let's do this hour activity in 10 minutes, we're challenging our mind. We're challenging our mindset to say, how can we get this done in this new container? So I I love things like this because we can convince our mind to do anything. Why does Elon have more success than most people? It's because of his limitless thinking. He believes that we could land a rocket back on earth after we've blasted it into space. He believed it and he made it happen. And so we can, I use this word intentionally, but we trick our mind. It's like we can trick our mind to do almost anything if we believe it. I don't even know where to go because it's like there's so many examples of how you could reconfigure your thinking that is different than what you've conditioned it. We are running patterns that have been played 
over and over and over again. And in order to break the pattern, we have to stop it. We got to stop the program and we got to reprogram ourselves. The two minute rule is so helpful too, because it prevents things from piling up. Like I can't tell you how many times I have a dish that could be washed or an email that could be sent. And I put it off because I just don't feel like it, or uh, I just don't have enough time to do it right now. But the more that I put it off, the more it piles up and the more stress and anxiety it creates for me. I use kind of this growth-oriented mindset even when it comes to working out because it's been like a journey for me. It has taken me about a year now to start actually enjoying working out and for it to not be a task. And the way that I kind of tricked my brain into doing it for so long is by reminding myself I can tolerate anything for one hour. I can do anything for just one hour. And ultimately, this is going to help me. It's going to improve my health, all of these benefits. But what really got me is don't just cop out on this. One hour, you're telling me that you can't dedicate one hour every two to three days to doing some cardio, get it done, girl. So I just, I love this idea because it pushes you. It just expands you a little bit and helps you to fight some of those limiting beliefs that we have in place about what we can and cannot do. Yes. And we have so many of these, these beliefs. I don't know the exact numbers and you hear all sorts of figures. Like we have 30,000 thoughts a day, 50,000 thoughts a day, and like 60% of them are negative or 80. I mean, there's a lot of different data points on this. But here's the reality. You don't need to look that far to realize how negatively we think by default. If you pay attention, simply pay attention to that inner dialogue and ask yourself, is it negative or is it positive? And sadly, often, it's not positive. It's negative. So just be mindful. It's Some of this is just being mindful, being aware, paying attention. It's three ways to say the same thing. Like actually notice what you're thinking. And so there's a challenge that I heard about. Basically, it's the, the no complaint challenge. So challenge yourself to go a period of time without complaining without voicing negative thoughts and ideally without even thinking negative thoughts. So can you go two minutes? Can you go five minutes? Can you go 10 minutes? Actually start to monitor and track how long you could go. But in order to do this, it's like a muscle. You got to practice. You got to pay close attention. I can tell you full disclosure. I think you might agree. Firsthand experience. We think a lot more negatively then we should. So if you do this no complaint challenge or no negativity challenge, you're forcing yourself to pay closer attention and say, I'm going to do it for two minutes. See if you can do it for two minutes. I'm going to do it for five minutes or whatever. See how long you could go. If you could go an hour, if you could go several hours, I can guarantee you that's a lot more than the average person can do or does on a regular basis. And instead of complaining or viewing this as like, oh, woe is me, life sucks right now. Why is all of this happening to me? I've heard people talk about this idea of instead of viewing it as why is this happening to me? How is this happening for me? Like just that simple reframe of what this is trying to teach you. What can I glean in terms of lessons? Asking those types of questions to yourself can help you so much and shifts away from this negativity bias where we just tend to focus in on what's not going well for us, all of the challenges, all of the adversity. But in my experience, adversity is the most fertile ground for growth. Like no growth happens in your comfort zone. 
And when you face those inevitable setbacks, they're simply there to teach you how to be able to advance, how to be able to problem solve, how to be creative in the solutions that you come up with. And those are all gifts. Ultimately, I'm not saying that things don't suck. I'm not saying to have toxic positivity where you're just like, la da life is fine. Even though like, it's like that meme where the, the dog is sitting in the room, everything else is burning around him. And he's like, this is fine. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I am talking about though, is acknowledging that this sucks. Something bad happened. I'm allowed to feel upset about it, but then shifting out of that type of mindset. Again, going back to this idea of us being able to sort of trick our brain or you know, whatever we want to call it, train or trick. Point being is we have control. And sometimes it's the simplest little thing that we can integrate or add to our routine that makes the biggest difference. So I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions, but I love New Year's habits. How can I embed a new habit into my life? The habit could be walking. The habit could be whatever. It doesn't matter. Here's one. And this is from James Clear, author of Atomic Habits. It's just the one new thing challenge. I love this. And he's basically setting you up to lose this natural addiction to comfort that we have. And that is pick one thing per week to try. It could be a hobby. It could be a new food. It could be a new skill. Whatever that is, commit to trying one new thing each week. And what this practice does is it encourages you to embrace change in your life. It encourages you to flex that growth mindset muscle. And it could be the smallest, littlest thing. But if you do this every week, if you're constantly bringing a new thing into your life, that one new thing, that conditioning will pay off dividends, especially week after week. The more you do it, the more you're training that growth muscle, which I love that idea because we're naturally resistant to new things. But if you just say, hey, I'm just going to do one new thing a week, it's not overwhelming. You could do one new thing a week, but you have to make that that decision, that conscious decision to do that. I love that idea. And I think that it also ties into the idea of embracing curiosity because when we are so set in our ways and we're so comfortable in that comfort zone, we don't approach the world from a place of curiosity and wanting to learn and grow. So something that I try and do on social media, especially on TikTok, where you can get like these little bite-sized nuggets of information, is I try to learn about something new and different that expands my horizons, whether that's about chemistry, whether it's about earth sciences, whether it's about history and learning about, you know, maybe like where a particular product originated from. I love being able to just soak up some knowledge. And I find that this keeps your mind flexible. It opens you up to so many different perspectives and so much more information than what you might typically get exposed to. And that's huge because we we just don't know what we don't know. The more that you can expand and expose yourself to different viewpoints, the more diverse your life and your perspectives are going to be as well. Yeah. I think curiosity, it's such a valuable skill to develop. And also one of the things with curiosity that I don't, I don't think we do enough of is document what we've found. And what I mean by that is if you're like, let's say social media, you give a great example. So you're looking for new information and you're seeking it and you're actively inquisitive and having this growth mindset, this curious mindset. Often we get the information, makes sense, and then we forget it. 
And so as simple as this sounds, have a mechanism to document these, but have a method or intention to share and then have an, an even greater intention to implement. So how can I take this newfound knowledge and share it with other people? Because then you're teaching in a sense and are much more likely to have something stick if you teach it to somebody else. And then you're having an even greater likelihood for it to stick if you actually incorporate it, if you apply this wisdom and you apply this knowledge. The other thing that I often think about is when we have something happen in our life, it could be a, a negative event, a challenge. It could be a setback, a shift, something that's maybe on, on the surface, you see it being a negative thing. What positive can you glean from that thing? There's always going to be something good. So what's the opportunity? What's the benefit? If this didn't happen, you know, maybe X, Y, or Z wouldn't have happened. And so how can you use all of those experiences and make that shift in perspective? Because otherwise you're going to constantly be seeing the negative in things. You got to look for the positive in things. And as cliche as it may sound, right? Half full versus half empty. There is always going to be a learning lesson. Like yesterday, my wife hit a car and it wasn't a bad accident or anything, but she made a little bit of a misjudgment pulling in next to a car and she damaged the front of it. It wasn't bad at all. It happened to be our neighbor's car because it's right in front of our house. So we texted our neighbor and it was just, you know, all good. And maybe it's going to cost us a little bit to get it fixed, but it's not the end of the world. But like, what did that teach us? Maybe also, who knows? Maybe had that not happened, maybe down the world, it's like the butterfly effect. What could have happened later? She's now more aware. She's now thinking about that. So it's like, there's always going to be something that we could glean. We had a really nice text exchange with our neighbor about it. It strengthens our relationship with our neighbor. It does a number of things that prevents something like this from happening in the future. I always like want to have this, what's the opportunity type of mindset when it comes to things that happen in our life. Well, I'm so glad that she's okay. And exactly, it, it led to you being able to relate and connect more deeply. And for her to walk away now, maybe just paying a little tiny bit more attention, or I don't even know what the circumstances are, but we learn something, whether it's a positive outcome or maybe a not so positive outcome. And it's so important for us to be able to find those learnings through adversity. So this has been an incredible season of sharing knowledge about unconventional topics. And honestly, I think mindset is the perfect way to end the season because our goal throughout all these episodes was to help you embrace a growth mindset. Think about all of the different viewpoints that you heard. Think about all of the nuanced perspectives that you came away with. And we are so looking forward to next season where we're going to bring on some experts, some guests to help widen our eyes, widen our perspective on more facets of the world that we live in. Just remember, you're capable of anything that you put your mind to, and we are so excited to be alongside you in your own personal growth and development journey. If you enjoyed the insights and perspectives you've gained from ReLearned, please consider following the show on your favorite podcast platform. We're grateful for your support, and we look forward to being a part of your transformational journey. 